Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In tonight's podcast for Pharisee Watch and Unheralded News, we're going to revisit the farm bill and ethanol fuels. And there's a mandate that is going to require some action from us consumers. This is a piece by Chuck Carlson, and I'd like Leslie to read it for us, please. Farm bill and ethanol fuels mandates demands consumer revolt. Charles E. Carlson, May 29, 2012. Urgent. The farm bill and ethanol mandates are two fingers on the same hand. Both have the effect of radically elevating food prices by different paths. Both programs are now being quietly debated in Congress. Only the lobbyists are being heard. You are not. Ethanol mandates are a related part of the food price runaway called Renewable Fuels Legislation. It is every bit the root of the problem in elevating food prices as administered by the giant, unaccountable EPA. It is now clear that, because it is a net consumer of hydrocarbons, ethanol hurts the environment rather than preserving it. It is no longer debatable. Even Al Gore has admitted it. But the mandates that we burn corn in our gas tanks at a huge cost to ourselves continues. Why? Because Congress cannot say no to the giant agribusiness lobbies who are demanding a new, even cushier farm bill and bigger ethanol mandates. According to the U.S. 2007 census, there are less than 400,000 grain farms in the U.S.A., many of which raises corn and are beneficiaries of inflated grain prices. I will not attempt to calculate how many agribusiness enterprises from Monsanto to John Deere also benefit, but clearly the 200 million or more auto owners who do not own a corn farm or a share in Monsanto are the losers. We consumer loser outnumber the winners on 100 to 1 or more. But we do not have a lobby against compulsory use of ethanol, so to be heard, we must shout. The president-expiring farm bill was created in a different era of ample farm surpluses and low prices. It was costly in subsidies, but it tended to build food surpluses. Not so today because of renewable fuel mandates that stimulate destruction of food for ethanol production. A one-time law must be passed to repeal the authority of the Environmental Protection Agency to deciding what you and I must burn in our cars. The farm program is due to expire this year unless it is renewed. This is easy. Congress needs to do nothing, which they are very good at. What they are not good at is saying no to the agribusiness lobby. If you want to reduce your food and fuel costs by a third or more, 
your message to Congress, your kids, your church, and your neighbors should be no farm bill, no more ethanol mandates. If your congressman will not listen, roast his effigy in a nice clean-burning ethanol fire in front of his office or home. Tell Congress, let both expire or don't come home from Washington. Whether you fill up your 2001 Civic or your 2012 BMW, the choice should be yours. Do you want a 10% or 15% ethanol mix, or do you want 0% ethanol? If buyers had a choice, it would only be a matter of months before all the ethanol pumps would be gone. The only reason we ever burned ethanol is that we were flim-flammed into believing it was, quote, better for the environment, unquote. Now we know this is no more true than the war lobby maxim that war brings peace. On May 22nd, Consumer Reports disclosed that the use of the newly approved 15% ethanol could harm car and truck engines. According to the American Petroleum Institute, a study conducted by the Coordinating Research Council showed 25% of engines in 2009 and older vehicles have major failures before 100,000 miles. Even the EPA warns against using it in cars older than 2001, lawnmowers and outboard motors. Nine automakers, including Chrysler, General Motors, and Toyota, wasted no time writing letters to Congress, criticizing the proposal and noting they will not honor warranties for older cars running on E15 because fuel pumps and other fuel system components in cars were not designed for it. We ask, if we know 15% ethanol may wreck our engine, why would we think 10% ethanol is okay to use? Would you believe it if the FDA told you three crystals of meth will kill you, but two crystals are good for you? Is there a consumer who is not aware that food and fuel are the two most inflated items in the family budget. In just four years, the wholesale price of gasoline has risen about 150%. This during a recession. The cost of wheat is up 48% during the same period. And corn, the raw material for most meat and milk, has risen more than double. As a result, every meat product is beginning to go into orbit. You might ask, what about food stamps? Is that part of the farm bill? Probably, and if Congress feels the need to renew the food stamp program for the poor, let Congress pass a separate bill authorizing food aid, but not as part of a program to aid farmers. Farm aid is tilted toward a few who are driving escalades and half-million-dollar harvesters. What is gravy for the corn farmer is bankruptcy for many others who choose to milk cows or raise beef cattle and who now cannot afford the price of feed because of the burning of corn. Have compassion for the cows and horses if you don't care about your budget. The worst farm abuse I have heard of is consumer-subsidized corp insurance. We pay the lion's share of the premiums and the real benefit goes to giant insurance companies 
to insure the farmers' crops from failure, more bailouts of insurance companies, and you are asked to guarantee that the farmers will have favorable weather. Yes, this is really happening in the new farm bill. And it proves our Congress is not capable of logic when lobbyists are around. The only answer is no farm bill. To lower your fuel and food prices, the ethanol industry, not the farmers, must deservedly go broke. And Wall Street and a lot of investor victims must lose their investments. This will happen as soon as Congress takes away the mandate. So let us get on with it. Do your part. It's your life. Thank you. And well said, Chuck. Any comments on the story there? What prompted you to write this continuing saga of ethanol? It keeps well, uh, popping up its ugly head. I think this is the showdown in the issue now uh, that had to finally come where you have two pieces of legislation up at the same time, one of them to mandate the use of more ethanol and the other one to renew the farm bill that subsidizes the farmers for producing it. So both of these issues are up at the same time. It's one of those key moments when we hope something good might happen, and uh, I felt that it was time just to talk about it. Of course, the humanitarian aspect of all this is totally another question that we've written about many times before, and that, of course, means that uh, unaffordability of cheap grain foods in very poor places in the world is growing, and it's the silent death we don't see or hear about, and uh, it's something that Christians should not ignore. It is the most basic reason of all for being concerned is, of course, uh, the, the cost of human life uh, and misery that is is unnecessary and is simply being done for the benefit of the few. And, of course, again, the farmer is getting huge benefit from this if he happens to be a corn farmer. If he's any other kind of a farmer, uh, he may not be. And we don't like to pick on our friends who are farmers, but this is a case of 300 million auto drivers around the world. I don't know how many there are around the total world. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and, of course, a, a mere handful of a few hundred thousand who benefit from this ghastly and restrictive legislation. And think of all those car uh, repairs and, and bills that will add up millions and billions from using ethanol one more time. It's That's true. Just... And people have a hard time conceiving of that because they know they have rubbing alcohol underneath their sink, and they know it's in a bottle and it doesn't hurt anything and you can rub it on your arm. And and people just don't realize that the human body stands ethanol better than most metals do because ethanol ethanol that they use in automobiles is anhydrous, and it collects moisture. So it collects the moisture from the air and puts it into your gas tank. And, of course, what these new supercars have done is they found a way to seal off the gas tanks to where the atmosphere cannot reach the gas tank and then supposedly uh, ethanol uh, is not supposed to collect moisture that rusts out things inside your car. But in the older cars, the air simply comes in contact with the ethanol that's in the fuel, and gasoline therefore collects moisture, and it turns out to be sludge, and on and on it goes. So it really, there really, really are scientific reasons why this happens. It's not mythology. 
that, it, that ethanol is perfectly okay to drink in a martini, but that uh, it rust rust out your car. No, I don't want to comment on how healthy it is in a martini, but I will tell you that uh, metals are not, uh, you don't store ethanol in metals unless it's stainless steel, hmm. stored, in, 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 stored in plastics or in, of course, glass. Okay, well, I think the other aspect, you know, with the starvation, uh, we've been so conditioned to, I guess you could call the starvation aspect of it as collateral damage. We uh, have been propagandized for years to support all these wars, and, of course, the deaths of millions of innocent people we can write off as collateral damage, and so we can disassociate from these horrible atrocities that are our atrocities that we are committing. And more and more, uh, as these wars go along, we see more and more non-combatants that are are dying as a result of it. Uh, over a, a million people uh, in Iraq, uh, and most of them. 90%, I understand, were non-combatants. So we're we've become war. so callous. Mm-hmm. Callous by war. And, uh, of course, we, we know that uh, that starvation is the preferred weapons of, of those who euthanize other populations. And bullets are expensive. Starvation uh, is very cheap. Uh, there are those, and I don't happen to be one of them, who think that the U.S. programs are all des- designed at purposely starving a major part of the world population. I, I, I don't really think that Barack Obama and people like that think that way, that that's really occurred to them. But we, as Tom said, we do become callous to this, to where we don't see the faces of a million. Uh, we can see one child, hungry child maybe, but we don't see the faces of millions. Uh, we just come to accept that as, uh, well, we look the other way, don't we? We well, sure do. I, 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 I sort of hear it there and here and there here. I mean, you know, when when they have to budget out some food items in order to pay bills, people are slowly starving here. That's right. They're, right. they're having to lower their standard of living all the time. It really mm-hmm. is happening even here. So this is uh, not the only abuse economically. We could find lots of things to write about and pick on, but this is something that is deliberate and that is uh, obvious and that does hurt everybody, and and it, and it would be a wonderful test if we could actually assert ourselves and, uh, and, uh, and change something as basic as this, that it's so obviously an abuse of every single person that has a car. Okay, well, thanks, Chuck. That was a very insightful report, and we appreciate you keeping on this story and and watching out for these new developments. That's our report for tonight. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast, and please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances 
about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.